Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I want to talk about the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, which is due to start pretty soon. Now, you may notice that this year is the 20th anniversary of the Food and Wine Festival, and I think that's really cool. But you may be asking yourself, wait, how can that be? Back in the discussion I did about the Germany Pavilion a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about how they set up the train exhibit specifically for the Food and Wine Festival in 1993. How can 2015 be the 20th anniversary? The numbers just don't work. The answer lies in the fact that it's now called the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Back in 1993 and then again in 1994, there was the Epcot Flower and Garden Series, And it was a new exhibit that uh, Epcot was starting, and they included some food festival parts that made it sort of an international showplace where they had some foods that were representative of the countries they had in World Showcase, and also the Flower and Garden Festival. Then after about two years, they decided to expand out and create a separate festival for the uh, food and wine exhibit. And at that point in 1995, it was not called the Food and Wine Festival. It had sort of a food and wine connotation, but I can't remember exactly what the name was. But suffice it to say that they actually created a separate festival that was the Food and Wine Festival. And it happened shortly after the Flower and Garden Festival. So in 93, 94, and 95, what was the Food and Wine Festival was actually in the spring around the time that the Flower and Garden Festival goes on. Then in 1996, they made a decision that they were going to move it to the fall and actually create something a little different and call it an international food and wine festival that would be a unique experience that would combine dining and uh, drink and have an event that's similar to some of the other food and wine festivals you hear about around the world. You know, think about it in the mid-1990s, a lot of these festivals were up and growing and there weren't a lot of really internationally acclaimed ones. So... Disney figured that having one at Epcot made a lot of sense. You've already got 11 World Showcase pavilions, plus theming that actually supports other countries. So you've got an international showplace, and it's the perfect place for an international food and wine festival. So the idea was born, and they created something that's called the International Food and Wine Festival in 1996. So then 2015 does make sense to be the 20th anniversary of the Food and Wine Festival. Now, you may not know what the Food and Wine Festival is. You may not be familiar with it. You may have heard me just talk about it generally. Today, I wanted to break it down and get into some more details and tell you about what it is. First, let me give you the dates. This year, the uh, Food and Wine Festival is scheduled to go from September 25th to November 16th. So those are the official days that they're going to be running the Food and Wine Festival. Now, the, the number one question I get is, what does it take to be able to go to the Food and Wine Festival? Well, actually, nothing more than Epcot Park admission. If you're going to Epcot any one of the days between September 25th and November 16th, you can enjoy and experience the Food and Wine Festival. It's really pretty cool. It's very simple. So you go along the World Showcase Lagoon, along the pathway there in front of all the countries, and in front of each of them, there's a kiosk set up that represents the food and drink of that country. Now, because there are more 
countries that are represented than the actual World, World Showcase pavilions, they actually have some other kiosks that are set up strategically in locations that make sense. For example, Ireland is set up very close to the United Kingdom. Makes sense, right? And uh, you'll see some other ones that don't really fit anywhere else, closer to the promenade area where you're going back toward Future World. And in any one of them, they sell some food and some drink, and some of them have desserts as well. Everything that they have on the menu is around $5. Some are a little cheaper, some are a little more expensive, but for around 5 bucks, you're getting an appetizer-sized portion of something that's representative of the country you're looking at. So, for example, for about $4 last year, you were able to get a uh, Greek gyro at the uh, Greece Pavilion. And it was a really good representation of a gyro with some nice tzatziki sauce and uh, some grilled chicken and onions and, you know, wonderful flavors. So you had that sort of a thing, and it was about 4 bucks, and you could take it and you could eat it. It wasn't what you think of as a full gyro, but it was a couple of bites of food that were pretty good. And what I found is, if you eat about three or four of these appetizer-sized portions, it makes a decent-sized meal. You feel like you're kind of full. So if you're there for the whole day, you have an opportunity to eat maybe seven or eight of the different dishes, maybe nine. If you're really hungry, you could go for ten. And if you're there with a group, it's kind of fun, because then you're getting more dishes and everyone's sharing. Everybody gets a bite. And you can try even more things. So there's a lot of opportunities to go around and try different things. So that's sort of the nature of it. And uh, as I said, it's, it's really easy, and you can also get wine, beer, and some other cocktails while you're there as well that's representative of the country. So there's wines from different regions of the world that are uh, represented in the uh, kiosks. It's kind of neat because you get an opportunity to kind of experience the flavors and the sensations of going to these different countries without ever leaving Epcot. It's kind of a fun thing to do. And, you know, the, the real critical thing is figuring out where you want to go because there's so many countries that it's hard to determine where to start and what to do. Now, I like to think that I made it easier by creating an iPhone app that allows you to look at the entirety of the property and see all of the food and drink that's available and select some things that you want to try. So you can go into the app and you can actually open it up and search for food or go by location and see what's each, at each location. And then you can go in and you can say, hey, I want to try this by just clicking on a red plate and making it green and therefore just getting the, uh, putting the food on your wish list. And as you go through the event, that way you don't miss anything because there's a lot of different dishes to try and a lot of different places to stop. And you, want, you don't want to miss some things and other things you may go, eh, maybe I'll try that if I have a little bit of extra, you know, if I'm still a little hungry. So you kind of want to pick and choose the things that are there. And that's why I created this app. Plus, of course, you can create a little uh, like and dislike with a thumbs up and thumbs down on something that you try. Or you can write a review of it for other people to see. And you can also check out Twitter to see what, uh, what's trending in the Twitter world, in the Twitter space, kind of outside of the app, to see what's happening with the foods that are there, and maybe you'll find something that you like that way. So the app is free and available in the iTunes Store. It's available for iPads, iPhones, iPods, whatever devices you might, might happen to have with you. So I make it available to everyone. Please check it out. It may help you to find your way around the Food and Wine Festival. Because that's the biggest challenge. How do you know where to start? It's always that moment of, gosh, what do I want to try? And it's a little overwhelming and a little daunting. Remember, you're walking around the whole World Showcase Lagoon, and there's a lot of good food to try. And there's some things you may go, wow, I don't ever want to see that because that looks gross. And there's other things that you go, man, I can't wait to try that. That looks really interesting. So you've got to kind of pick and choose the things. And if you start eating at every kiosk, you're going to find yourself really full by the time you get about halfway around. So this is a way to have some fun. The great part about the kiosks is they accept cash. They accept credit cards. They accept, some accept the Disney dining plan. 
And they also accept another form of prepaid card that you can pick up at one of the festival booths. You just basically buy a little card and you put any amount of money you want on it. And then you can go around. They have a little wristband you can wear and you can just scan it each one of the, uh, the places. Of course, you can use your My Magic Band to uh, be able to pay. And I believe for the first time, you're going to be able to use Apple Pay to actually pay for the food as well. I haven't seen this confirmed anywhere, but I do know that Disney is on the uh, plan to have the Apple Pay up and running here in the next couple of weeks, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if you could actually use it for that. So it's really easy to go around and just get the food. Then you just go find a table somewhere, or you can sit on a bench, or you can just hang out. And if you've got friends with you, or make new friends, you can start talking about the food and enjoying yourself. That's one of the things I like. Last year, I wound up going, and uh, my friend uh, that was going to go with me wound up not being able to make it. So I wound up just going by myself and going around and sampling some of the food and checking it out and having a really good time talking to other people, other guests who were in the park and cast members, about how much fun it was to experience all these different foods. So that's the, the basic nature of the Food and Wine Festival. Now, there are also some other things you can do. You can go to the, uh, there's an Eat to the Beat concert series. Now, every day at 5.30, 6.45, and 8, there's um, different artists that come up. So everybody's there for about three days during the festival. So there's different artists that come every three days. And they um, perform in the Eat to, Be Eat to the Beat concert series there at the America Gardens Theater right across from the American Pavilion. You can just take a seat and you can listen to the bands. Now, if you can't get a seat in the America Gardens Theater, no problem. You can hear them from a little bit of a distance. You can, certainly, you can hear them from, a, from around the, uh, the walkway. And if you're over by the American Adventure uh, Pavilion, you can certainly see and hear them. Now, I know this year, for the first time, they're going to offer Fast Pass Plus seating for some of the seats at each one of the shows. So I'm assuming there will be fewer seats available for standby, though there will still be a lot, I'm sure, because you can't expect everyone to book everything for FastPass Plus that way. That is one of your FastPass Plus reservations in Epcot if you choose to use it that way. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you see an act that you really want to check out, then you'll want to definitely get a FastPass Plus for it so that you can go see them. The shows last you know, anywhere from about um, you know, half hour to 40 minutes or so. And they're, they're a lot of fun. It's a really good time just to sit there and hear some of the hits from the band that you know. And they're back there on stage. And it's a smaller, intimate environment where you can actually see them and experience it. And it's kind of fun. One of the other things you can do is you can pick up a Marketplace Discovery Passport at the Festival Center and a few other locations around. And what this is is a little booklet of all the foods that are there. So if you don't happen to have an iPhone, and why wouldn't you have an iPhone? It's the best tool out there. You can pick up the little booklet that shows you what all the foods are, and you can check them off as you go. So you can, you can keep track of the ones that you wanted to try and still do some things. And I would recommend that you go ahead, if you're going to do that, and be social. Go ahead and tweet about it if you see a food you like. So that way, at least people who are not able to make it to the festival at this point can experience it a little bit, and other people that are at the festival can find things that they like. It's a way to be social and kind of get it going a little bit and get some information out there so others can share in it too. That was the main reason for my app, honestly, was that whole thing about being social and getting some information out there. Where do I start? What's good? What do I want to try? Those kinds of things can be really helpful when you get to the festival. You could also use this Marketplace Discovery Passport as you go along, even if you're using the app. At each one of the kiosks, they can stamp it for you with a unique design. So as you go through each one of the kiosks, you can have it stamped, and that way you can remember exactly where you went, and you have this little souvenir you can take home with you. It's kind of a fun thing to do. They'll also stamp a, you know, another book for you if you have a little booklet or you have a piece of paper that you want to have or you have like an autograph book kind of thing that you want to have stamped. They'll do those too. So just kind of keep that in mind as you go around through the, uh, through the areas. There's also a chocolate experience from Bean to Bar, hosted by the Giardelli Chocolate Company, and this will be in the Festival Center. Now, the Festival Center is actually where the Wonders of Life Pavilion used to be. 
Um, this is uh, where you're able to view an incredible chocolate sculpture by the Walt Disney World Resort pastry chefs and also to learn about the journey of chocolate from bean to bar and sample some chocolates too. Now, in case you missed what I just said, yes, you can sample chocolates. Now, who doesn't like to sample chocolates? Now, if you're not a chocolate lover, well, I guess we can still be friends. There's also some back-to-basics seminars. You can learn tips and tricks from the pros during the informative Epicurean seminars. These are great opportunities to learn something new at no cost. The seminars take place in the Spotlight Stage at the Festival Center Fridays through Sundays. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with sessions at 12.15, 2.15, 4.15, and 6.15. So if you're there over a weekend and you want to just get a few quick cooking tips, you can stop by and do that. There's also book signings, bottle signings, and meet and greets with different authors, celebrities, winemakers, and other distinguished people. They, you can purchase a bottle of wine and have it autographed as a great souvenir or chat with a celebrated author or personality, like a celebrity chef kind of person. There's another exhibit called Seasons of the Vine. Uh, this is where they teach you about the world of winemaking. The seven-minute film takes you along a journey behind the wines to see how grapes become wine. It's located also in the Festival Center, and the movie runs continuously throughout the day. Coming back this year after a one-year hiatus is the Cranberry Bog, sponsored by Ocean Spray. The attraction gives you the opportunity to see how actual cranberries are harvested, and the growers themselves are on hand to answer questions about anything related to cranberries, from how they grow in the bog to how they're so popular at Thanksgiving. Believe me when I tell you, it's a fun experience to see how they do it and to actually talk to some of the people who grow it. Now remember that Ocean Spray is a conglomerate of a bunch of individual growers, so you really get to talk to the people who are growing in the fields, and you get to, you get it to experience firsthand what it's like for them to grow cranberries. It's kind of cool. There's also a live broadcast of ABC's The Chew. Now, ABC's The Chew will be in Epcot from October 7th. That's a Wednesday through Friday, October 9th. So they'll be doing three days of shows. I haven't seen tickets come available yet on The Chew's website, but I'm sure that when they do become available, they're going to be popular and hard to get. But if you can get a ticket to any of the shows, that would be a great opportunity to see some of the chefs that do some of the things on the TV show, The Chew. There's also two new things called Sustainable Chew and The Chew Lab. These are two new festival marketplaces that are inspired by the Chew. Located near the breezeway of Interventions West, these marketplaces will focus on naturally delicious, sustainable fare in an eco-home-inspired marketplace, as well as introduce you to the hottest new gastronomical technology and the taste of the future as part of the new expansion of the festival beyond World Showcase. The unique aspects of this new marketplace will make it an adventure to visit them. Now, if you're a Chase card holder, uh, especially if you've got the Disney Visa card, you can go to the Chase VIP Lounge for free. It's located in the American Adventure Pavilion overlooking the World Showcase. It's an opportunity for cardholders and their guests to take a break and enjoy a complimentary beverage in a private environment. All of that that I've mentioned so far is free. It's included with your park admission. You can do any or all of these things, as much of it as you want. You can buy food, you can eat it, you can buy alcohol and drink it. You can go to any of these exhibits that I've talked about. Now beyond that, there are some other special events that they do. Some of them have a large cost associated with them, and some of them are well worth doing as a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And some of them are really sort of an over-the-top, indulgent experience where you can really enjoy something. On the smaller end of it, there's something called Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak. Yes, I said squeak. Uh, it's a new thing this year. This activity lets the whole family embark on an adventure around World Showcase, helping Remy collect the ingredients he needs to make his signature dish, Ratatouille. It's a great activity for the kids and parents to enjoy together. Guests can purchase a special map and stickers for this savory scavenger hunt for $9.95 at the Festival Center and other designated locations around the park. As you travel around World Showcase, search for hidden statuettes of Remy. Once you've found all the Remy statuettes and match the ingredient stickers to the map, take the map back to one of the designated stations and receive a special Remy pin. 
Now, there are eight Remy pins that I've seen that will be available uh, as a part of this uh, purchase. So basically, you get the fun of going around and doing something that's sort of a world showcase uh, walk around, and you get the pin. And, you know, basically you're buying the pin for $10 and getting the adventure for free. That's what it amounts to at the end of the day. So if you're interested in it, I think probably the pin is worthwhile. It probably will be a collector's item because, you know, there's, you know, that's the kind of thing that people like and they want to have. Now, I have to say, it might be fun to actually go out there and spend the $10 and get the pin. Of course, if you want to, you can basically just give them the $10 and get the pin and skip the part in the middle where you're actually going around and visiting all the Remy statuettes. That's up to you. I think they'd let you do that if you wanted to. You could basically say, hey, could I just have the pin and they'll sell it to you. But I think it's the fun and the interactive part of going around and seeing different things that makes it interesting. Now, next up on the list are culinary demonstrations. For only $15, you can attend a wide variety of culinary seminars and learn from some of the most respected chefs in the country. Now, this is located in the Festival Center every day at 1, 3, and 5, and there are about 45-minute sessions that provide useful culinary tips and the opportunity to sample each dish and beverage being demonstrated during the seminar. This one is another one that's kind of worth the $15 because you get to experience something unique, and it's kind of a smaller environment. There aren't a lot of people there, not a whole lot of people anyway, so you get to experience something to, uh, to actually see what's there. If you check out the website, um, I'll put a link to it in my show notes page, you can see what all the uh, seminars are, and you can pick one that might work for you. There's also a mixology seminar occurring daily during the festival at 6 o'clock in the Festival Center. The mixology seminars provide an opportunity to watch skilled mixologists demonstrate his or her skills in making a cocktail. From cocktails you know and love to new and original concepts, you can learn some new mixology tricks while sampling the variety of concoctions being prepared by the mixologist. The mixology sessions are $15 per person as well, and you must be 21 to participate, seeing as how you have to be of legal drinking age to be able to sample them. There are beverage seminars. Take advantage of these seminars to taste wines and beverages from some of the top wineries and beverage companies. Seminars occur at the Festival Center at 12, 2, and 4, and each seminar is also $15, and you must be 21 again to participate. Now, beyond that, there are a number of different things that happen, so I'm just going to list these off, and I highly recommend that you go out and you check them out yourself to see if any of these are interest. There's a party for the senses, there's the French Family Meal Traditions Lunch, the Rockin' Burger Block Party, What's Cooking With, there's an Exploring Wines from 1996 to Now, There's a spotlight on the Dominican Republic, a session called I'll Take Manhattans. There's a Parisian afternoon sandwiches, uh, macaroons, and bubbles, and a Japanese craft beer tasting. Now, all of these have a cost associated with them that's a little bit greater than the $15 I've talked about. So you might enjoy some of these, and uh, they might be something you'd be interested in. So again, I'd recommend that you uh, go ahead and check them out. These all have to be booked in advance. And you uh, book them by calling 407-WDW-FEST. And uh, the link is on, the sh- on my show notes page so you can find out more information and be able to call them. But these are the kinds of things that really make it kind of fun. Now, a couple of quick facts. This has been named as one of America's top food festivals by the Travel Channel. It lasts 53 days and has 25 outdoor marketplaces, the nightly Eat to the Beat concert series, signature dinners, more than 270 chefs, including Disney chefs and culinary stars from around the country. You can sample wine, beer, champagne, cocktails, and mocktails, and savory and sweet dishes as you stroll around the World Showcase Promenade. Now, just to give you a sense of who who will be there, there's some culinary icons like uh, Kat Cora, Robert Irvine, Jamie Dean, Rock Harper, Kenny Gilbert, and Buddy Valestro that will appear at various demos. Now, that's just a small sampling of the list. There are many more that will appear. So you need to just keep checking and finding out when, uh, when various people are going to be there. 
The Epcot Food and Wine Festival experiences are centered around country-themed marketplaces, with each nation putting their best foodie foot forward in the form of authentic menus and beverage pairings. And authentic it is. Foods are presented as they would be in the mother country, where the integrity of the flavors and textures is closely guarded and spices keep their traditional heat. Buckle up, because palate profiles are not diluted or toned down for introduction's sake. You get the real deal at Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. A country's unique story is its people, history, and sense of place are often defined and communicated by the uncanny context of its cuisine. Food and wine are culture, and culture is the very essence of Epcot. This natural synergy is captured in the Epcot Food and Wine Festival and provides a seamless marriage of taste, talent, and tradition and is strategically amplified by the stunning backdrop of the familiar sights and magical sounds of the featured nation's most prominent pieces of architecture, historical icons, or crafts and signature gifts. From About.com, it's about food. They give a couple of tips. One, grab a festival map when you first get in. Or use my app. I would, I would go that route. Two, follow the map or just turn left at the Shooting Water Fountain and follow the festival signs to the Festival Welcome Center located in the Gold Dome building next to Mission Space. That is the old Wonders of Life Pavilion. The majority of the festival's programs, food demonstrations, and wine seminars are held in the Welcome Center. You can snag your festival passport to plan. If you haven't already booked one of the many sessions that are going on, you can certainly do that while you're in the Festival Welcome Center. Tip three, pace yourself. The Epcot Food and Wine Festival is open daily from 9 a.m. to closing time, which is typically around 9 p.m., sometimes 10 p.m., with culinary demonstrations running at 1, 3, and 5, and wine and beverage pairings uh, shadowing their food counterparts at 2, 4, and 6, it is possible to hit every country's international marketplaces and the four specialty marketplaces showcasing desserts and champagne, hops and barley, brewer's collection, and, the, and all the beers in a single day. Albeit a touch of patience, a dash of perseverance, and a strategic partnership may be required. Though the marketplace lines move at a decent clip, if you're in the park with family or friends, you may consider implementing the divide-and-conquer approach to the more popular stops. Tip four, while the international marketplaces are well-organized and stations in the shadows of the country's static Epcot locations, it's helpful to have the festival map or <clears throat> my app. Tip five, Disney gift cards. Most gift shops in the Welcome Center offer a super convenient mini di Disney gift card that you can preload with whatever cash amount you suit your fancy. You simply wear the card on your wrist for a quick and easy payment options instead of hauling out your wallets and purses while balancing the food plates and beverage glasses. Keep in mind that the average marketplace tastings run about 3 to $5 for a tapas size portion. If you have several days to enjoy the festival and have serious foodie tendencies, then you'll want to reserve a table at one of Disney's signature dining experiences. So there you go. Take it from me. The Food and Wine Festival is really one of those things that's not to be missed. It's a really good time. Like I said, last year I had planned to go with a friend. Didn't work out. I wound up going by myself. And I wound up going really late in the festival, very near the end, and couldn't arrange to you know do a meetup or anything. So... It was still worth doing on my own. It was so worth it. It was so much fun. I had a great time, and I really enjoyed myself. And I will be going again this year, and I will let you know uh, as soon as I know when I'm going to go. I'll, I'll uh, tweet it out or send some information out. So if anyone would like to join me, you're more than welcome to. But uh, it's one of those experiences that's really, really quite, uh, quite amazing and quite remarkable, and I hope you guys get a chance to experience it. And if not... You know, I, I highly recommend just checking out some of the videos online and just kind of following the trending. It's, it's really kind of neat to see how it kind of goes as people go through the experience and enjoy it. So there you go. That's my look at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival's 20th anniversary this year. As I think about it, I'm starting to think, wow, this is going to be really fun, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going. And I just can't figure out which day I'm going to be able to go on, but I'll figure that out soon. Now, before I let you go, there's one other thing I wanted to mention, and that's 
I've been working with some of the other Disney podcasters to figure out how to best promote our own Disney podcasts and talk about different things. Now, there's some great Disney podcasts out there. And if you go to DisneyPodcast.net and you look at the list of all the podcasts that are out there, I highly recommend you check out some of them. Some of them are a lot of fun. You know, not everything is to everybody's tastes, and that's okay. That's why there's so many of them. There's a lot of space for us to be able to talk about things and uh, be able to discuss them and have a, have a nice uh, way of looking at things. My approach is different than most everybody else's out there, and I hope you enjoy the way I present things to you because I really like talking about Disney, and it's fun, and I like to give you a sense of history and like to give you some information that may help you along the way. So that's what I'm all about. So anyway, I hope you'll check out some of the other podcasts. There's some really good ones out there, and uh, you know, I hope that uh, some of the people from other podcasts choose to check out mine, though if you're already listening to my podcast, that doesn't really help to tell you to listen to my podcast. But anyway, tell your friends um, that uh, my podcast is a lot of fun, if you like. And, um, you know, if you get a chance to review it over in the iTunes store, mine or anyone else's, please do, uh, if you're listening to it in iTunes, or if you're listening to it on Stitcher or one of the other uh, audio channels, please do review it. Let me know what you think. Um, And you can always send me an email and let me know anything that you think about it. I'm always glad to hear from listeners and uh, be able to kind of interact in that way. That's the thing I've discovered as I've been working with these other podcasters is I start to realize just how rich this community is and how wonderful it is and why we all do this. We all do this because we're enjoying ourselves and we like talking about Disney and we have something to add to it. So there you go. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there... Please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 